You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Welcome to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on AmericaOutloud.com. I'm your host, Randy Sutton. And, of course, on this show, we talk about all things law enforcement. We bring great guests to you that have some incredible insight. And then, uh, you know, I love to talk about stuff that's in the news. We call it the briefing room. Let's take a walk into the briefing room, and I'm going to give you my view from the blue. Well, the lies just continue when it comes down to politicians and elected officials and their uh, unending assault on the American law enforcement officer. The latest insanity to come uh, be made public came as a result of a school board member outside of Pencil, uh, outside of Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia um, recently elected a strong anti-law enforcement prosecutor. Uh, named Larry Krasner. Krasner, first thing he did when he came in, he uh, fired a whole bunch of experienced prosecutors. He's never uh, in, been involved in prosecution. He's been a defense attorney, an anti-law enforcement vocal opponent of law enforcement. And now he's been elected as the chief law enforcement prosecutor in Philadelphia. So they're having all kinds of issues over there. He's just failing to... He, he's dropping murder charges on people to... Uh, much lesser offenses. He's not prosecuting for, you know, what he believes are social justice uh, crimes like, you know, drug dealing, things like that. Well, now there's a school board member in uh, in a um, school board just outside of Philadelphia, um, Abington Township, and um, she's a, a fairly newly elected member of the school board. Well, on, uh, on a meeting in, in just uh, last week, uh, board member Dr. Tamar Clayman, a newly elected member just installed, stated as part of her debate on the school placing school resource officers within the district that, quote, there's a lot of evidence that anybody carrying a gun in a district building puts kids at risk, particularly students of color. We know that black and brown students are much more likely to be shot by police officers, especially by school resource officers, than other students. So what is her answer to protecting students? Disarming the police. Yeah, yeah. And and this is a doctor who has made a number of anti-law enforcement statements in the past and, um, and misquotes statistics in order to throw up her anti-law enforcement agenda. I, I mean, I honestly see this as just another in a long series of anti-law enforcement rhetoric and, and uh, planning by elected officials. We're seeing it all over the country. And even in a, in a, in a, in a school district now, um, this is not the first time that there have been cries for disarming law enforcement officers. So um, I, I hope that I hope that 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 smarter people than she, um, you know, make a decision that I mean, let's face it, you you put a, an unarmed police officer in a school 
why even bother? And, you know, and, and here's the reality. There have been a number of instances where school resource cops or police officers in schools um, have saved the lives of countless students because of school shooters. So on one hand, they, they, they scream for protecting the students. And then on the other hand, they, they, uh, people like uh, this, this doctor um, use their, their position to justify a social agenda that is truly anti-law enforcement. So she's just one more. Uh, just never seems to end. Um, you know, justice is a is a term um, that that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Criminal justice system that is the system of justice in the United States that we, you know, that we are supposed to adhere to. Um, one that provides consequences for actions. What happens when there are no consequences for criminal activity? Um, how about this? In Jeffersonville, Indiana, a man who shot a state trooper in the head gets no prison and sentenced to home incarceration with a bracelet on his ankle. It's, it's incredible. Um, this, guy, this guy, this suspect is named Oscar Case. And uh, he was convicted of shooting Indiana State Trooper Morgan Evans in the head during a traffic stop on uh, December 12, 2017. The incident took place when the trooper stopped uh, uh, the, the suspect's uh, vehicle for a, a traffic violation. Um, the trooper administered a field sobriety test on K's and was attempting to put the man in handcuffs when the 79-year-old driver became combative. Kays then pulled out a 22 caliber caliber handgun and shot the trooper in the head. After he was shot, trooper returned fire and then uh, uh, got in a pursuit with the suspect who got into his pickup truck and, and, got, and escaped. Well, they found out who he was. They went to his, his house and there uh, they had another armed confrontation. He uh, came out with a shotgun, and uh, they eventually negotiated him into custody. So he was charged with attempted murder. He was convicted of attempted murder. And what did they sentence him to? Home incarceration. I, I mean, it's how is this possible? How do you shoot a trooper in the head and not get any jail time? Is this the criminal justice system, or is this the criminal injustice system? Um, and, and get this. This guy doesn't even think he did anything wrong. He's, he's not repentant whatsoever. So here we have again another case of um, a, 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 a violent offender um, basically getting no consequences for his actions. And while we're on that subject, this is what's happening in San Francisco. Um, I guess nothing should ever surprise me with San Francisco, but um, you know they they elected they elected this this district this new district attorney, and it is mind boggling how they were able to um, able to elect him uh, because this guy not only did he 
did he never prosecute a case in his in his life? He is also the son of two terrorists convicted of murder. Yes, you heard me right. He was he is the child of um, weather underground terrorists convicted of multiple terrorist acts, and his platform for getting elected was that. He was a victim of the criminal justice system because he was separated from his parents. Because, after all, um, they're in prison. And the people of San Francisco elect this moron. Well, the minute he gets elected, the minute he, he actually begins serving his term, which was just this month, the first thing he did was basically fire every prosecutor that actually had any experience in prosecuting criminal cases. Just got rid of them. You're gone. See you later. Bye-bye. The political agenda has just changed completely. And believe me, San Francisco wasn't exactly noted as a bastion for law enforcement support anyway. So um, the first thing, in one of his first major cases, this 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 guy, his name is Chesa Bowden. The first thing he did as when he took over, after he fired all the experienced prosecutors, was drop the charges against a, a a man who was shot while beating the cops with a bottle. The newly elected district attorney, Chesa Bowden, has dropped charges against a man who was shot while beating a police officer with a vodka bottle. Now, this was all caught on, on camera. This suspect was, was uh, now, l let me tell you, if you think that you can't die after getting beaten with a deadly weapon like a vodka bottle or stabbed with it, um, you're living in, in, a, in a fantasy land. In my law enforcement career, I saw many grievous injuries and deaths from objects like that. So this this suspect attacks the police. They try to take him into custody. He's beating he's beating a, a police officer. They shoot him. Here's where they made the mistake. They didn't kill him. They shoot him. And uh, now when it's when it's time to uh, pay the piper for his crime, the district attorney simply drops the charges against him. So you can imagine what the uh, you know, what law enforcement thinks of this guy. Um, if you can't, if you can't uh, even prosecute someone who's attacking the police and gets shot, now what do you think that's going to do as far as a civil suit against against the police officers? That's just opened the door to that. So this, this, this prosecutor is just one more in, in, in what is becoming an epidemic of activist prosecutors who um, don't care at all about the criminal justice system. The only thing they care about is their own political agenda of, of this, this, um, this weird, no consequences for actions kind of philosophy. You know, we're seeing it all over the country, but this is a particularly grievous case because this is a this is a serious attack on 
on law enforcement officers resulting in the shooting of the suspect. So here we go again. Um, I guarantee you I'll be talking much more about this district attorney, Chessa Bowden, uh, in the in the near future. Um, you know, and why we're talking about the criminal injustice system. We all know what's been happening in New York with, uh, with the basically um, the... What, they, what they're calling criminal justice reform, quote, bail reform, unquote. Um, and and it's, it's wholesale release of every, almost every single person that gets arrested in New York for bank robbery, for, for uh, assaults, for drug dealing. Um, it, is, it is so ludicrous that literally um, people who are getting arrested are being simply let out of jail immediately with a, with a ticket, and then they go back and they go right back out and they do another offense. One bank robber hit like five different banks right after right after being released for each one. Well, it's interesting um, that the the there's a couple different aspects that are that are um, that have taken place. One is that the um, the feds. Are starting to step in to override these bail reform laws. What do I mean by that? Um, Attorney General Barr has uh, has added federal charges onto some of the individuals who are being released on state charges, and on the federal system, they don't play. Uh, you're actually gonna you're actually going to serve time uh, if you're found guilty. Unlike the the system in New York, whereas even if you get found guilty, the chances of you actually serving hard time um, is, is minimal. Um, and of course, they're just releasing people without bail uh, for almost every single offense. So I'm happy to see that the um, United States Attorney is, is stepping in here. Um, in fact, there was a judge that even, the, even though he, he was um, bound by these ridiculous, quote, bail reform, he found that, that, a, that a, a, an offender who was a, uh, um, a multiple offender was a menace, a, a menace to society. And so he refused to allow him no bail. He, he, he stuck a $10,000 bail on him. And uh, he stood up for, for, the, for, the, for the people. Well, what happened? The uh, the um, system just uh, you know turned around on him, and uh, an upper level judge took his bail and said nope, and released the offender, who was a multiple time ex felon, and simply released him again into the public to commit more and more crimes. But it's nice to see that a, a judge actually recognized this injustice and and try to stand up for the people um it's going to take it's going to take uh, a, a bloodletting there's no doubt in my mind and it's coming there's going to be i mean there's already been crime after crime after crime taking place but there's going to be one that's going to shock the sensibilities of the people there and they're going to turn on uh their 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 idiotic governor cuomo and that moronic mayor de blasio who are pushing this, this social justice reform 
which all it does is endangering the people of the city of New York. Well, that's about all we have time for here in the briefing room. We've got a great guest waiting for you in the interview room, and um, we'll, uh, we'll be back again next week with more. If you love coffee as much as I love coffee, in fact, even if you don't love it as much as I do, but you like it, Law Dog Coffee Company is the newest and the greatest coffee company to come along in a long time. Now, all right, I admit I'm a little prejudiced because Law Dog Coffee is a major sponsor of the Wounded Blue. They actually donate 15% of their revenue to the Wounded Blue. And they are uh, a partner of, of the Wounded Blue in a lot of different ways. So, this coffee company is, uh, is law enforcement uh, based. It supports law enforcement. But most importantly, the coffee is amazing. I, I love it. I mean, it's, uh, it's rich. It's uh, uh, organically grown. It's ethically grown in, uh, in Costa Rica. It is uh, um, roasted by a family roasting company. It's been in business for 90 years. Uh, it's rich, it is delicious, and it gets delivered directly to your door. It's uh, subscription-based. You can have one pound, two pound, 20 pounds, however much you want, delivered right to your door and uh, and get a taste of this amazing coffee. So go to lawdogcoffee.com. It was one word, lawdogcoffee.com. And, and also, by the way, they got some amazing gear, uh, T-shirts and mugs and hats and all kinds of stuff, uh, really cool designs. So check it out, LawDogCoffee.com. Tastes so good, it ought to be illegal. It's your news and entertainment network. News blogs, informative podcasts, entertaining videos, or listen to 24-7 Talk Radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We the people... AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. With me today in the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, is Jeff Rorda. Now, Jeff is the business manager of the St. Louis Police Officers Association. He himself is a 17-year law enforcement veteran and also served as a state rep for uh, eight years. 
And uh, we, I've asked Jeff to be on the program today because of some serious issues taking place uh, with the um, local prosecutor, Kim Gardner, that, uh, that has basically the, uh, the criminal justice uh, decision-making for prosecution in St. Louis. Jeff, thanks so much for being on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Glad to be here, Randy. So, you know, Kim Gardner has been um, in the news a lot when it comes down to her dealings with the law enforcement community in St. Louis. And recently, now, she's been making some serious allegations, basically claiming that the police have intimidated her and uh, are, are engaged in a conspiracy to remove her from office, which is sounds pretty damn bizarre. But before we get into the present allegations, can you give some background as to um, her election and what happened? I mean, pretty much immediately upon her election and her and her anti-law enforcement platform. Yeah, sure, Randy. I mean, she ran as a quote-unquote reformer. You know, we're we're a few miles from from Ferguson here, and you know, sort of ground zero for this activist movement that invented the the hands up, don't shoot story in in Ferguson. Um, you know, so she ran that platform. Uh, she won in a in a four way race, um, and uh, you know has has been at odds with law enforcement from the day she walked in the door. So she was actually elected on on a really an anti law enforcement platform, and I, and I think that during you know the the um, the times of of Ferguson where there there was so much anti law enforcement rhetoric being spouted about, um, it, she she has does she have any background as a prosecutor? She had been an assistant prosecutor for a very brief time before she was elected to the legislature, but uh, you know just like handling like traffic tickets. I mean, she ne had never handled a, a murder or a serious felony. Um, and, you know, she still hasn't, you know, she's, she spends all her time on this sort of, you know, social justice rant. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's really kind of, uh, you know, a bait and switch thing. You know, she said she was going to reform the criminal justice system, but her brand of criminal justice reform has just been amnesty for, uh, for the most violent criminals in the most violent city in the country. So she has taken on the activist role. That is, we've seen around the country with, uh, in Philadelphia and in San Francisco and other places where we're basically the district attorney and, and I, and she's called a circuit attorney. If that, if I have that, that name correct, is that we, right? We call her the circus attorney, the cir <laughs> but yeah, officially she's a circuit attorney. Right. And um, many of these uh, elected prosecutors have basically decided that they're simply not going to prosecute on a myriad of different crimes. Is that what's happening there? Absolutely. And uh, I mean, you know, St. Louis has led the, the nation in murders per capita for the last four years. And, you know, she's turning these murderers loose left and right. She's got like a 23% charging um, right. Um, wait, 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 hold on a second. Let, mm -hmm. let me see if I got that right. So the St. Louis area, the St. Louis police department will make arrests for murder. And she only goes forward on about 23% of them. 
That, that's her overall uh, charging rate. Although I, I guess that it's even lower on murders. Um, you know, she just, she uh, plays this game where she says we need more evidence. We need more evidence. We had a, a case where a seven-year-old got, got killed. Um, and then the guy confesses. He, he, he worked for an armored car stunt company, killed, killed this kid in a, in a shootout with another bandit. Um, then stole tens of thousands of dollars from the armored car company to make his escape, got caught, got charged by the feds on the armored car heist, um, confessed to the murder, and she won't charge him. She, she says it's self-defense. Um, Wait a minute. Self-defense? A seven-year-old? Yes. A seven-year-old was not armed, by the way, if, if you're wondering. I, I mean, that kind of leaves me almost speechless, Jeff. I, I, I know people probably are listening and thinking, well, that can't be true. But I mean, it's just one of, of dozens of examples of the same sort of story. And, you know, she's one of these Soros prosecutors. You mentioned Philadelphia and Baltimore and some of these other cities that have invaded by, you know, the, the socialist money that, that George Soros throws around. She didn't even report the, the campaign contributions. You know, she got caught hiding those campaign contributions. She should have been removed from office and charged criminally for that. but. Uh, you know, they just, you know, gave her a slap on the wrist and, um, you know, she went on her merry way. So how long has she been the, uh, the circuit attorney now? About uh, three years and a month. The three years and is, a month. Yeah, the countdown is constant, believe me. So how long is her term? Four years? Four years, yeah. She's up for, for election. The primaries in August and then the general elections in November. But, you know, St. Louis is a pretty democratic town, so it'll all be decided in a primary wow so she could conceivably even get a second term she could i mean you know she's as we speak she's being deposed by a special prosecutor that was appointed by the presiding judge to investigate uh perjury in in her prosecution of of former governor eric Reitens. um her special investigator has already been charged with six counts of perjury and one count of of tampering with evidence and if you read that indictment, I mean, all I really have to do is, is, is change, change the name. I mean, they go through her involvement and in, in her culpability in each one of those counts. And, you know, I, frankly, I don't know why she hasn't been charged criminally. I hope, uh, I hope that this deposition today brings things to a head and that she does get charged criminally because she's a criminal. Wow. So um, the, this latest incident that happened, where she made the news, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit of the, the headline to the to the to the listeners. Uh, the headline is: Prosecutor claims cop intimidated her on stop. Then video shows the truth. St. Louis uh, County uh, Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner has insisted that police attempted to intimidate her by holding her for up over 15 minutes and pulled her over in December. Uh, and then a investigator from Gardner's office also involved himself in the stop, and she is now making allegations that this is part of some conspiracy to remove her from office. What is this about? Well, she's not playing the race card. She's playing a whole deck of race cards. Uh, you know, she, <laughs> the, the week preceding this, or, or about the same time, she sued me, our, our police union, the city, the special prosecutor and, and a citizen who had sued her for using um, public money to pay for her 
personal attorneys. Uh, she sued us all and, and claim, uh, under, the, under the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 uh, and claimed that we were in, engaged in this racist conspiracy to remove her from office. I mean, we don't want her gone because she's black. We want her gone because she's incompetent and she's been unable to discharge the, the duties of her office. So she, you, you mean to tell me that she has, she has sued, she sued all of, her, all of her critics, everybody that, oh, so in an attempt to silence critics, she's, she's filed lawsuits. Now, how's she paying for that? Well, uh, you know, her original uh, trouble that she was in, she was using tax dollars to pay for lawyers. This time in this lawsuit, it's the, uh, it's some made up Soros funded organization. I think it's called Mothers Against Police Brutality or, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Cop Haters Incorporated. I don't know what they call themselves, but we know what they are. And this is just, uh, I mean, basically, if, so if, if the police are at war with the prosecutor and the prosecutor is at war with the police, who winds up being uh, on the short end of the stick here? Well, crime victims, of course. But I mean, you know, we're the ones advocating for crime victims. We're the ones who, who patrol the most dangerous neighborhoods in the country and, and, and place ourselves squarely between violent murderers and, and would-be victims, the vast majority of whom are, are people of color. You know, it, not only are we, do we lead the nation in uh, murders per capita, we, we lead the nation in African-American murders per capita, and it's not even close when you get down to that statistic. Um, you know, and, and here we're being called racist because we're trying to disrupt this, this violent spree of murders. And in the meantime, she's turning these murders back loose on, on her own community. It's crazy. It is crazy. Now, she also, um, I've been following her since she, since she got elected. And uh, one of the things that um, I, I found really shocking was her pronouncement that she was not going to allow a number of law enforcement officers on the St. Louis Police Department to even testify because of some some made-up um, pronouncement of racism. What's that about? Well, she, she's come up with this, what she calls an exclusion list, um, where she puts officers on this list says that they can't apply for charges, can't apply for warrants, uh, can't testify in court because she has, has construed that they have some sort of credibility problem. She won't say what the credibility problem is. Uh, we know that a number of these officers were involved in police shootings and uh, a number of them have taken the fifth in court because she won't dispose of the case. She, you know, she's, She's got these, you know, we, we went to court, we've got a judge to say that she has a conflict in these cases. She wants to, she wants to prosecute the shooter and also investigate the police officer. And we're like, wait, you can't do both, you know, either bring in a special prosecutor or, you know, you got to pick one. You can't prosecute both sides of a case. And, uh, you know, she refuses to do that. And some of the officers have taken the fifth and, and that's why she's put them on this list. Now, remember, She's taken the fifth in the grand jury as well, and she'll probably take the fifth in the deposition today investigating her suborning perjury. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, there's always the cries for police accountability. 
that's that that's the that's the hue and cry of the left. The police have to be held accountable. Accountable, accountable. And I've never seen a more uh accountable system than for law enforcement. I mean, right. first of all, there's you know the first line supervisors and there's the the administrations and there's the, the, the district attorney, then there's attorney general. There's, I mean, there's so many layers, especially in a use of force situation who actually in, in St. Louis, because I know every jurisdiction is different. Who has the uh, ultimate responsibility for investigating and clearing officers um, in, in, in uh, use of force situations and deadly force situations? Uh, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through kind of the best example. Um, you know, Jason Stockley was a police officer who shot and killed an assailant in 2011 following a, an attempt of, of the subject to run over him and his partner. And then the suspect drew a gun on, on Stockley and, he, and Stockley killed him. Um, that was 2011. Uh, at that time, you know, we, had, we have our internal affairs that investigates these shootings. We have a Force investigative unit that, that does a separate investigation. Um, and then they take that case to the circuit attorney to look at. Very often, and, and that was, this was a case with Stockley, they also take it to the FBI and the uh, United States attorney to look at. In that case, in 2011, they all looked at it and they said, oh, well, this is a completely justified shooting, uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, five years later, Gardner gets elected and she charges Stockley with first degree murder and says she's got new evidence in the case, takes it to court. The judge asks repeatedly what the new evidence is and she never produces any. Instead, she produces this, this theory that because there wasn't any uh, of the suspect's DNA on the gun, and, and there was DNA from Stockley who recovered the gun, of course, uh, that, that he had planted the gun. I mean, but I mean, it was not evidence. It was just this, this, you know, wild theory. Uh, and, you know, of course, it, you know, we went with a bench trial and the judge acquitted Stockley and, and that resulted in, in riots and mayhem. But I mean, that's, that's the, the system that we have is this, you know, multi-layer uh, probe into these police shootings. Uh, and it's it's still not good enough for Kim, for Kim Gardner. She still wants to, uh, you know, just make stuff up to 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 charge police officers. I remember the Shockley case, and I it was it was startling um, to read that and 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 uh, to see that debacle take place. And and she comes in five years later and charges this officer who I, if I remember correctly, he had moved to a different state. Yes. And they arrested him as a fugitive. SWAT yes. call out and the whole bit. And, and the guy didn't do anything. And this is a good, good copper, West Point graduate, you know, a, a, you know, served in the military, in combat, um, you know, served in combat, policing North St. Louis, uh, you, know, you know, acts heroically, in, in in ending a threat to to himself and his partner, and five years later, he's he's moved on and started a new life, and and gets charged with with first degree murder, which, as you know, requires premeditation. I mean, it, it, it's, that's it's unbelievable. It yeah. is that is mind boggling. Did he have any recourse? I mean, uh, for a false prosecution? Did did no, any? 
the, these prosecutors have sovereignty um, and or, uh, sovereign immunity rather, and you know they abuse it. Um, and you know she knows that you, you can't come after her. You know that she's. We had another shooting. Uh, two off-duty officers are at a local uh, bar and grill. Um, actually, they're with two other officers, four, four police officers all together. One, one's in narcotics. He sees his car circling a lot, parking, moving their parking spots. He's like, this is either a robbery about to happen or a, a dope deal. Goes over and approaches the guy. The guy pulls out a gun, shoots at him four times, hits him twice. Uh, another police officer who's there with him draws his weapon, shoots the guy, doesn't kill him, but shoots him. And, you know, after a long investigation, uh, our internal affairs and, and, and force investigative unit take this case over there with a warrant application for the shooter who is a, you know, a known gang member, a real thug. And uh, she disregards all the investigation, all the reports and charges the two officers and then takes, gives the, this would-be cop killer, gives him immunity, takes him to grand jury. Uh, the grand jury refuses to indict. Uh, she takes the case back to the second grand jury. She waits till that grand jury recesses. And the second time around, she didn't, she didn't show them the video, which, which is completely contrary to what, what uh, her witness is saying, and doesn't tell them that she's granted them immunity, uh, which is against the law here in Missouri, not to tell a grand jury that there's a grant of immunity. And then uh, there's also a requirement in Missouri law that you, that when there's been a grant of immunity that record the, uh, the proceedings in grand jury. Uh, so they, they get the court on this case and the lawyers for the, the two officers say, where's this recording? The, the, the uh, prosecuting attorney says there isn't one. Then after the judge says, I'm gonna throw the case out, they said, all right, well, we do have one after all, here it is. And she throws the case out anyway because now they've you know lied to her and and hidden evidence and also violated the law by not telling the grand jury that that he was immunized. I mean, it's just if if you took this story to a Hollywood producer and, and said, "I wrote this script about about this conflict between police and prosecutors," they they throw you out of their office. They'd say, "This is too far fetched. It's you know no one's going to you know buy this. It doesn't. It, it wouldn't even pass the Hollywood script. It's so crazy." This, this is not even mismanagement. This is absolute corruption. Right, right. This is, this is a criminal. I mean, this woman is a criminal. You know, I, she absolutely suborned perjury in this prosecution against Greitens. She absolutely suborned perjury in, in the prosecution of these two off-duty police officers. You know, she, she um, you improperly used uh, money from her campaign. She hid campaign donations. She used public dollars uh, to, to pay for her personal lawyers. I mean, she is a criminal and she's got to go. That, this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare for, for the entire community, not just the police department. If I remember correctly, she was also making threats to prosecute uh, or attempt to prosecute Darren Wilson uh, as well. If I remember correctly, no, that, well, you're you're close. That wasn't that wasn't her. So, St. Louis City and St. Louis County are two separate jurisdictions. So, so the Ferguson is actually in St. Louis County. So we we got a Soros prosecutor out there too, and his name's Wesley Bell. And he was, you know, as he came into office, he had had made some noise about 
charging Darren. Uh, but then I, you know, he decided, I think partly because he saw the beating that Kim Gardner took, he decided this isn't good for me and, and just clammed up about it. But, uh, I mean, he's, you know, he's, you know, they, they all play from the same playbook and it, our, our union president, uh, along with the 12 other FOP presidents met with, uh, president Trump oh, about a month and a half ago, I guess. And, you know, they, you know, they were all gathered in a room saying, I got the worst prosecutor. No, I got the worst prosecutor. And when they started telling their stories, what they found out is they all have the worst prosecutor. They're all doing the same exact thing. They, they've got this, you know, this script that they work from for, you know, disrupting the criminal justice system and, um, you know, turning criminals free and prosecuting police officers. And, uh, you know, you got to give George Soros credit. I mean, he's an evil genius. He's, yeah. he's realized that for not much money, you can get these prosecutors elected in these big cities and uh, really uh, turn the whole system on its ear. And that's what he's done. And that's what his accomplices have done in these prosecutors' offices. You know, in, in essence, it's, um, it's like the Manchurian candidate. You know, you, you, they, they elect an individual. And, and you said it really well. I mean, for not a lot of money, considering the, the, the billions of dollars that Soros has poured into trying to undermine this country, um, it could be very effective because, in essence, these are the decision makers when it comes down to the criminal justice system. And the, and the um, ultimate goal of organizations like Soros and, and, and their, their uh, minions is to um, disassemble the criminal justice system in America. So they're actually being effective at it. They are. And it, I mean, it's scary when you look around. I mean, and it, it's a lot of big cities, Boston, uh, Queens, Philadelphia, Baltimore, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, they've, they've really, they're really onto something. I mean, voters really have to get uh, their heads out of their rears and, and understand that this is an assault on our democracy. I mean, the, the guy out in San Francisco, uh, I mean, have you followed him? Uh, I, I could, how could I not? He's <laughs> the, the son of, of murdering terrorists right. who killed cops. He has no experience whatsoever. And he gets elected as a district attorney. And the right. first right. thing he does is fire all the prosecutors that are actually effective. Right, right. Raised by Bill Ayers and, and, <laughs> yeah. was, and was Hugo Chavez's translator. I mean, these are... These are communists. I mean, I don't want to sound like McCarthy. I mean, this isn't a red scare. This is reality. These are, are actual people who want to bring down our democracy. And I mean, I, I am the furthest thing in the world from a conspiracy theory theorist, but th this is a conspiracy and it's a scary one. And, the, the, you know, what's really hard to imagine is, is that there is no oversight. There is no accountability. There is no ability to remove these people from office except at election time. So, so we, they, are, they are basically committing their, um, their uh, corrupt activities in plain sight without any fear of recrimination or accountability. Yeah, we've been very aggressive in, in the Missouri legislature trying to get a law passed to either allow for a recall vote. The prosecuting attorneys are one of the very few political offices in Missouri that, that aren't, aren't subject to a recall vote. 
uh, or impeachment. You know, every every state lawmaker, every statewide elected official, and every judge in Missouri is subject to impeachment. We think that prosecuting attorneys uh, ought to be impeachable as well. I think that it, she is the poster child for impeachment, but she is um, she's still running rampant, um, making her in, insane allegations, using the law enforcement community as uh, as basically uh, um, you know Punching her bag. Her, yeah, yeah, and and it's it's frightening. It really is. I mean, this isn't this isn't just something that uh, that is a mere inconvenience. You're talking about the lives of not only citizens in jeopardy, but law enforcement officers. I can't, what's the morale on the agency? Um, oh, it's, in, it's in the toilet. I mean, I was talking to a, a detective. I shouldn't even tell this story. He's, he's leaving the courthouse uh, and he was down there applying for warrants that they didn't issue, of course. And I'm on the phone with him and he goes, holy cow. There goes a guy running down the street with, with a ski mask on and a gun in his hand. I said, oh, well, call me back later. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, after you stop him, he's like, I'm not stopping him. I'll get, if I got to shoot this guy, I'll get charged for murder. And I'm like, all right, well, what else is new then? You know, it's like, I mean, it's like, this is, this is the result when, when you have a, a prosecutor that, that doesn't put criminals in fear and, and does put cops in fear is, we have the sort of pandemonium on the streets that, that we do here in St. Louis. And I can't, I couldn't exaggerate uh, how bad it is. I, I, if I wanted to exaggerate how bad it was, I'd still be understanding it. Is there any, is there any citizen group that is standing up and saying, Hey, we've got to do something about that. Or, or just, is this just complete? Does she do this with impunity and, and nobody seems to give a damn? Well, a lot of people are afraid of, of, of you know, she, she's weaponized the word racist. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit liberated. You know, she's called, it, called me a racist so many times that, that <laughs> you know, sort of bounces off my, my shoulders. But, um, you know, everyone's afraid of, of her, you know, labeling them a racist. You know, this, this... And she does have a bully pulpit, in, in oh, a sense, because yeah. she's an elected official and she can say what she wants. Right, right. And, uh, you know, not enough people are standing up to it. It was really awesome. You know, the, the day she sued us for violation of the Klan Act, um, which I, which, by the way, everyone else calls the, the Civil Rights Act of 1871. But apparently, at one point, it was known as the Ku Klux Klan Act. So just to sensationalize things, that's how she listed it in the lawsuit. But uh, that same day that she filed a lawsuit, coincidentally, she had all these, quote unquote, reform minded prosecutors from from across the country uh here in st louis uh to do a rally for and there was a african-american woman holding this very sort of tattered handmade sign that said my son is dead my son is dead why won't you prosecute my son's murderer and i mean it was it was sort of the the you know the the you know the perfect object lesson for this whole thing that this poor black woman is is standing alone on a street corner protesting this woman while she's being hero worshiped by by the other incompetent prosecutors from across the country and and here this 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 lonely woman standing in the corner is is um protesting for justice for her black son who was 
was killed and, and is not getting justice. That's heartbreaking. It is. It is. And you could just see the heartbreak in the woman's woman's eyes as, as she was, you know, just sort of weakly um, chanting, my son is dead, my son is dead, my son is dead. And my guess is the media paid zero attention. Very little. Well, the, the one radio station here in St. Louis that has some, some uh, chutzpah uh, put it on their, their webpage, but that was all the coverage you got. Well, I, uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to be on, on the show, Jeff. Uh, you know, once again, for my listeners, Jeff Ward is the business manager of the St. Louis Police Officers Association. They're basically um, in battle with their, with their county prosecutor who has weaponized the office against law enforcement instead of, instead of working with it. And, uh, and we're seeing, the, we're seeing the, the, the sad results from it. Um, Jeff, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, Andy, can I, can I plug the book? Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. Plug the book. Yeah. The book is the war on police. Uh, you can, you can find it on Amazon or, uh, uh, WND books, world net daily, uh, books. Uh, I think your viewers and listeners would, would love to, to give it a read. Well, tell me about the book. Uh, wrote it after Ferguson. It's basically, uh, the, the 365 days that followed the just shooting of Michael Brown, and it's it's just sort of an attempt to put history back on its axis and uh, refute all the the lies and misinformation that came out of of Ferguson and and the you know politicians, uh, media, and and activists that, that invented a story there. Oh, that sounds that sounds like a great read. I will grab hold of it myself. You know that I'm that's that's right up my alley. I appreciate it. And, and that book, uh, Amazon.com. Amazon.com or WND.com. Perfect. Jeff, thanks again for being Blue Lays Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Thanks, Randy. There's something very important I want you to do for me. If you've been listening to the voice of American law enforcement for any time, you know that we are very dedicated to the law enforcement community here. I would like you to go to a website. It's www.thewoundedblue.org. I want you to read about how we at this organization are aiding injured and disabled law enforcement officers. If you are a law enforcement officer and you have been injured or disabled and you feel forgotten and alone, this is why we exist. We have a fully trained peer support team all made of police officers who have been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed up. They know what you're going through, and we exist for you. You are the part of the Blue family, and you deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Unfortunately, many police agencies and cities do not treat their officers with respect and dignity when they are injured, either physically or emotionally. So go to thewoundedblue.org. If you are a citizen and you want to help, please, Check out how you can join and if you're a police officer or have them exist for you. So check out thewoundedblue.org. Now, I would also urge you to see our film. It is on Amazon, it is on iTunes, it's the Microsoft Store, it's pretty much every platform you can imagine. It's called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. You would be shocked at how the men and women of this, you know, the law enforcement community in this country Many are being treated with such disrespect. Many people, most people, even cops, believe that if 
you are severely injured in the line of duty, you're going to be taken care of financially and emotionally. In many cases, that is not true. Please watch the film and help the Wounded Blue. I'm Dr. Ron Martinelli. And I'm Linda Martinelli. As former law enforcement officers, we know that your life and the lives of those you love and work with can change in an instant when you encounter an active shooter. Unfortunately, in today's world of uncertainty, encountering an armed active shooter can have deadly consequences. That's why the key to survival is training and preparedness. And that's why we want to invite our listeners to seriously consider taking our Response to Active Shooter training course. Violence can happen to you anytime and anywhere and when you least expect it. Having a response and survival plan and engaging it can be the difference between life and death for you or a family member. Our Response to Active Shooter courses are customized for the corporate, school, church, restaurant, and small business environment at a reasonable budget that fits your needs. So don't put this life-saving training off because you don't think it will ever happen to you. We call those people victims. Our Response to Active Shooter instructors are all nationally renowned tactical law enforcement experts who will guide you through the life-saving protocols you'll need to survive an active shooter event. So be a victor, not a victim. Go to responsetoactiveshooter.com to learn more today. Remember, that's all one word, responsetoactiveshooter.com, and be safe out there. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. As you know, each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay homage to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. I have one name to read this week. Major Angelinette Moore of the Virginia, Pennsylvania Regional Jail in Virginia. Major Angelinette Moore suffered a fatal heart attack following a shakedown in one of the housing units at the Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail. Several hours after the shakedown, she returned to the housing unit to provide disciplinary guidance to inmates. As she completed her discussion with the inmates, she collapsed. Other officers and medical staff immediately began CPR, but were unable to resuscitate her. Major Moore had served with the Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail for 20 years and served as the agency's director of security. She is survived by her husband and son. Major Angelinette Moore, Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail, Virginia. End of watch, Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. May she rest in peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, where we bring you everything about law enforcement from a law enforcement perspective. A um, couple things. If you are on Facebook, please come to my page. That is the voice of American law enforcement and like it and follow it. Also, um, since you're going to be on Facebook anyway, go to the wounded blue and, uh, like that and follow that as well. If you're a Twitter, I'm at LT Randy Sutton. And, um, I think that about covers my social media presence. I do want to hear from you. I'd love to hear from people that have, uh, ideas about stories, about things you want me to cover. I try to be as responsive as I can. And uh, anyway, I, I really do appreciate you tuning in to Blue Lives Radio. And, you know, uh, we've been on the air a little over three years now. 
and I hear from a lot of my folks that listen to the show that it's that it's meaningful to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 